the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. While most of us exited 2020 breathing a huge sigh of relief, the reality is that the forces fueling the economic roller coaster have not gone away. The only certainty we can be sure of right now is that uncertainty is still a pretty reliable outcome. In some respects, the pain points for the shipping markets remain unchanged. It's always going to be a basic calculation of supply versus demand, asset value, liquidity, and a pretty healthy dose of luck and chutzpah that determine the winners and losers. But we're still just about in January, and at that stage where we're looking ahead with a familiar mix of fear and fervour as we consider what lies ahead for the rest of the year. So we thought this week we would take a quick look at the key tipping points that are going to be affecting the core markets in shipping for 2021. Buckle up, the forecasts are going to come at you pretty fast this week. I'm taking you through a detailed analysis of the forces shaping the future of box, bulk and tanker markets all in about 20 minutes. You're welcome. We have a returning guest on the podcast today, uh, Peter Sand, Chief Shipping Analyst at BIMCO. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Peter. Thanks for having me again, Richard. Always a pleasure. Wonderful to have you back. I, I was looking at the last time we had you on, I think it was about 18 months ago since we had you last on the podcast. I don't think much has happened in that time. It's all been pretty quiet, really. <laughs> I, I thought, given that we're still in January and uh, everyone, you know, starting the year brimming with optimism and energy, that we should... Uh, ask you to whip out your famous crystal ball and give us a few thoughts on what joys await us for the year. Um, I mean, really what I want to do this week is is look at the tipping points in the key markets and, and which way you see them going this year. Um, let's start with containers, if you don't mind, because, you know, last year we saw something of a roller coaster in that market. We had initially thought we could be in for, you know, what some people were estimating to be around a sort of $20 billion loss. We ended up with one of the most spectacular periods of containers in living memory, um, and that carried on through to this year. Uh, the cost of shipping goods from China to Europe has more than tripled in the past eight weeks alone, hitting record highs uh, as shortage of empty containers uh, stemming from the pandemic disrupts global trade. I know you were quoted in the Financial Times this week saying that you expected the, uh, the shortages to continue well into this year. So what's your view on the rest of the year? How, how do you see this shaping up in the, in the box world? Yeah, talking about building uh, empty boxes too little, uh, too little numbers, and and, and too late uh, in many ways. Uh, I think uh, Richard, uh, putting a bit of perspective here, and, and talking about the roller coaster ride that we had in 2020, where it was uh, it, we were heading for for a 10 billion dollar loss on an industry level, and then perhaps end up uh, gaining 10 billion. Um, if I were to uh, be bold here. 2021 could be even better and i'm saying this because of the fact that uh right now we all know red hot spot market but the Mm. trick is that shippers and carriers of course are in intense negotiations right now in terms of uh, next year's uh, long-term contract deals and well, anecdotal evidence, you have uh, increases uh, on, on those rates anywhere between, say, 25% and 100%, depending on uh, how big a shipper you are. And that is bread and butter to the liners. So if they can lift the long-term charter rates, we're in for a spectacular 2021. Mm, but, I mean, can they? Can they pull off that magic trick again? I mean, one of the arguments for the 
yeah, the freight rates being so high was that, you know, we've all changed our behavior. People are, are, are sitting at home and ordering stuff off Amazon and having it delivered rather than going out and spending their money in different ways. But presumably there's a finite amount of new ways that, uh, you know, we can order things. You know, there's only a certain amount of toasters uh, that, to, to quote Rodolf Sade, who was saying that everybody was now ordering toasters and that's why freight rates were going up last year. You know, how many how many toasters does the world need? I think we are uh, translating toasters into uh, setting up uh, private fitness rooms and uh, and home offices right now, <laughs> at least if we talk about uh, the Trans-Pacific and, and the amazing growth, not only in, in, in rates, uh, but but surely in, in volumes. And it, it, it just seems to to continue record-breaking numbers uh, last year alone for, for Port of Long Beach, uh, right? And it, it just goes on. Uh, but uh, but but the real trick here is, of course, that uh, we're now looking also at, at stimulus to, to the American uh, economy and the American uh, consumers uh, to somewhat of the same extent that we saw uh, in uh, back in 2020. But but will that translate into an equal uh, dramatic uh, growth in, in terms of trans-Pacific volumes? Um, that may not be a full uh, one-on-one here, uh, mm. but, uh, but obviously, it's going in the right direction in that. And as long as you keep uh, the American consumer spending money on goods uh, rather than going to to, uh, to to the mall and for, for, for eating or, or the cinemas for, uh, for for watching or catching a flick, uh, that is beneficial to, to, to the liner shipping business. Uh, but, I, but I think it, it's miraculous. And I've really enjoyed talking about uh, container shipping over the past uh, half a year because it's gone from the absolute doldrums into uh, into the sky uh, mm-hmm. so and it just keeps on getting so 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 keep it on that will be uh, that will be awesome yeah and of course the, one of the main tipping points of course in the supply and demand equation is that you know we've got a relatively low order book to fleet ratio here you know that requires market discipline uh you know we're seeing you know relatively positive signs there from the lions but could always uh, upset uh, the the dynamics if if we see orders being made yeah, we don't need to go uh, further back than than November and December to to see uh, the uh, some 15, 20 uh, ultra large uh, container ships uh, being being ordered again. Uh, so so it seems as if uh, the world uh, have not seen uh, the last uh, new build uh, in in that <laughs> scale. And uh, and I think that of course that was money burning. Uh, it was also uh, if you uh, if you look into the finer details, done on Far Eastern leasing and and with close connections to 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 governments. Uh, so so uh, it remains. Uh, shy or far cry from from a from a perf- uh, perfectly competitive market, uh, but 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 then again, I mean, uh, what we have seen from the industry is a uh, is a different strategy in 2020, uh, one that that sets itself aside from what they have been up to for for the past uh, two or three decades, where they have chased market share when uh, when cutting rates. Uh, so so the, I guess the big question here and the tipping point that that that, that you alluded to in the the opening here will be: Is carriers going to stick? around the same strategy of last year will they see that uh, or and and will the market basically will demand support that strategy continued uh, so 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 they can uh, so they can keep up managing uh, uh, the capacity that uh, that that then match uh, the level of demand being low or being high at any given time i guess that's that's critical and of course in the short term just uh, just uh, concluding here on on the, on the lineup business uh, how will uh, the chinese lunar new year uh, impact uh, the market uh, this year around uh, i um, 
I tend to see that uh, I, th I think spot rates have peaked now uh, by by mid uh, by, by mid January. Uh, but but then again, uh, we're not going to, to to see a dramatic fall uh, anytime soon. More we're going to see some kind of a well, it could be uh, up to half a year uh, where where spot rates will will settle down. And and with the uh, Chinese lunar, lunar New Year, that will not be uh, only in 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 a week or two in early February, but but maybe a month or two. Uh, we 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 don't know. But uh, but that is supportive uh, for for the market so so i'm, I'm pleased to be optimistic uh, this time around good well it's it's nice to see some sectors of the uh, shipping industry um filled with cheer i suspect their cousins over in the uh, tanker sector not so much um so let's move on to tankers i think it's fair to say that you know they had an equally exciting ride last year albeit in the opposite direction to the container industry the rapid reversal of fortunes from storage spikes to cash burn was well, it's really quite dramatic, and I don't think anyone's overly optimistic about earnings improving anytime soon. How do you see the tipping points in the in the tanker market? Oh well, uh, the uh, global oil demand is is surely uh, going to recover uh, in a very uneven fashion, uh, and that may be the the positive uh, spin to to oil tanker business uh, because where we see. Uh, and have seen for, for for many years now is is growth in the Far East uh, in in China and India, and they are basically seen in 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 uh, in uh, with 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 the eyes of, of many of the uh, international agency or, or energy information agency from from the US. Uh, they are seen as coming back to 2019 levels uh, already this year, as opposed to uh, to the rest of the Western world, uh, the OECD countries that may not see uh, oil demand. Uh, at the level of 2019 until 2023, uh, so hatches down for 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 the uh, crude oil tankers as well as the oil product tankers. Uh, right now we see negative freight rates calculated for for the TD3C uh, from uh, the Persian Gulf into China, and that is of course a key leg. And if you are if you are loss making on on a time charter average uh, on on that haul, it is really tough time and and. Bear in mind also that that this is normally heydays for uh, for for oil, for oil tanker markets, uh, Q4, Q1. Uh, so uh, so it's it's really tough out there. But of course it comes on the back of that uh, that that magic breakdown in in uh, OPEC Plus Alliance uh, back in back in March mm. that brought around uh, stellar freight rates. Uh, so so we need another breakdown uh, to 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 bring uh, to bring positive <laughs> freight rates around. Yes, and of course the the vaccine rollout and the pace of that globally is going to have a significant impact in terms of the the pace of recovery, I guess. But you know, as you say, you know, although we ended last year in pretty dire straits for the tanker sector, that came off the back of record earnings. So I mean, in terms of the balance of the year, it probably wasn't the worst year on record. This year we're still low, and uh, you know, depending on your view of the world things aren't improving until 2022 so i mean this year looks very tough for some of the tanker operators yeah i think i think uh, uh, we can we can only be uh, positively surprised because at least in our, in our view uh, you saw the international agency downgrading uh, global oil demand uh, mm. for for this year only yesterday uh, and, and i can say that 
did not come as a surprise to us. We 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 see uh, much hardship ahead for for the oil tanker business in in 2021. But fortunately, uh, many made uh, good solid profits uh, back in 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 2020. So unless you paid it all out in dividends, uh, you should be uh, fairly capable of of, of still uh, being around uh, come 2022. So it's not like we're going to see uh, a massive uh, amount of companies uh, going into uh, to chapter 11 or bankruptcy. Uh, more so, we are only also expecting uh, demolition, of course, uh, one that we watch very closely uh, to, uh, to to pick up to a certain extent. We're not going to see a massive exodus like we saw a couple of years ago, simply due to the fact that that, that the owners are not in uh, in, uh, in an acute uh, uh, Cash uh, crisis. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, but but then again, of course, uh, VLCCs is is, is, is subsector that we watch uh, very carefully. And uh, and as you know, Richard, also going back to to early uh, early November, we had uh, the the ending of 500 days without a VLCC being scrapped. And and now we count three with uh, with two around Christmas as well. So uh, yeah. so that will be the one to to watch out for. Of course, uh, will uh, will we see uh, uh, more of the very large crew carriers in particular uh, hitting? Uh, hitting uh, the the blowtorch, um, uh, but but it will only ease the pain. Uh, it will not bring back a, a profitable balance, I'm afraid. Yes, yes, a low water book, and uh, you know various things don't make a market, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, I, we'll I, see. I, yeah, and in many ways, a low water book, of course, is uh, is is because the ships have been built and delivered into uh, into the market, uh, and that's why, uh, of course, when you when you look at the uh, order book to to fleet ratio, uh, you you may you may focus on on that uh, indicator being at a, a 20 year low or even more, uh, but uh, but it, it it merely, of course, comes on the back of, of what was once a massive order book have now been delivered uh, mm. and obviously we have also uh, been uh, been uh, uh, looking at uh, a somewhat cloudy uh, regulatory background of course one that uh, investors and, and owners have been uh, been puzzled about and that is uh, that's fortunate in the way that they have shied back from uh, from from placing uh, many new orders of course again going back to november and december we saw uh, uh, vlccs being ordered again from from government backed uh, entities uh, but uh, but again it wasn't a massive year for for orders. Uh, 2020. So, uh, so fingers crossed. At least that is uh, that is the uh, the one medicine that uh, that will uh, that will bring back better uh, freight markets. The sooner the better. Uh, mm. That that low order book and that uh, that uh, expectations of of fleet growth uh, in both uh, tanker sectors uh, around one to 1.5 percent uh, as as we forecasted. Yes. Yes, well, no, normally I'd suggest that you know never underestimate the ability of the industry to shoot itself in the foot with orders. But I think probably the low low orders is more to do with the availability of finance and uh, probably an unwillingness to make any sort of major moves while there is such uncertainty over decarbonisation and 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 the trajectory there of the fleet. But uh, perhaps I'm being unfair. Perhaps it is all down to market discipline and those very sensible ship owners. Uh, well, in terms of capital, I think I think the the uh, shipping industry have uh, have always been awash with cash. It, it's just uh, at least available uh, capital to to invest. It may not be uh, uh, the private uh, equity money that we that we see right now. It's now a far far eastern uh, leasing money that's coming in, and and uh, and German banks are stepping out. Uh, so 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 then again, um, give owners and investors a bit of credit here, Richard, uh, because I think they 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 deserve it this time around, and it may be due to to regulatory uncertainty. But uh, but then again, uh, it's much welcome indeed. Fair enough. Leaping to the defence of the owners, I like it. Uh, final um, sector. Let's have a look at the uh, the dry bulk because uh, you know, owners are 
cautiously optimistic, I say, as, as, as cautiously optimistic as they ever are in, in drive, where uh, I, I think there is a history of uh, them being quite cautious, as I say. Um, I mean, signs of a possible reversal in, in a decade-long market slump. We've got historically low order book to fleet ratio, which is positive. And, you know, some reasonably good signs on the demand side. What's your feeling on dry? Now more than ever, uh, China is, is, is running the show, uh, as, as you may have seen from, from our analysis uh, being published only uh, last week, where we, we basically saw that uh, that volumes were down in 2020 as compared to the year before by 1.3%, I think. But ton miles, they were up uh, simply due to the fact that uh, that whenever one ton uh, goes into to China, it's a multiplier 1.8 to one ton going anywhere else. So it's 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 just the magic bullet here. Here working for 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 the uh, the industry uh, that even in a year where volumes uh, headed down, uh, China just went mad buying commodities, and we have also seen quite a rally in terms of commodity prices, uh, not only in, in, in iron ore, but across the board, even even oil is, is now sitting uh, on, on top of $50 uh, a, a barrel. So, uh, so so there's many positive things uh, moving in uh, in dry bulkers, and in particular, if you look at cape sizes right now, uh, they are sitting very comfortably, uh, very, very non-seasonal, uh, but, uh, but this January could turn out to be a wonderful month for 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 the Cape sizes, and uh, and I must say that's that's a positive surprise, and and that yeah. of course uh, fuels into uh, to uh, to to that uh, sentiment survey I I, I read only uh, only uh, yesterday, uh, saying that well dry bulk owners and operators are an optimistic bunch, but but now they're not only cautiously cautiously optimistic, now they're really optimistic, so. Um, so let's uh, let's see what uh, what uh, 2021 uh, holds inside. Uh, on our view, uh, we are in for 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 another year where uh, demand is unlikely to uh, to exceed the supply growth. Uh, so uh, so so you better be cautious. Uh, also, uh, mm-hmm. even though uh, China is is uh, is a, a dominant and positive factor to uh, to the market. Yes, and I'm hoping it's not going to be the uh, the story of the whole year. But certainly at the moment, we're looking at you know the dispute between Australia and China tying up a significant portion of the fleet off the, uh, the coast of China as, as, as dry bulk basically waits for, for that dispute to end. I mean, do you, do you see that extending and, uh, or is that just a minor blip, do you think? I'm very pleased to uh, to see that uh, diplomacy now seems to work uh, uh, when when we hear uh, less uh, nasty words from uh, from from either Canberra or, or Beijing. That's normally a positive sign, and I think now diplomacy is 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 working its its slow ways. Uh, but we must also admit that uh, that uh, the uh, trade dispute between the two has become a full-blown uh, trade war, uh, encompassing uh, more than just a uh, coal, which we uh, focus very much on. Uh, obviously. Uh, Australian wine is not really being uh, ripped off the shelves in uh, in Chinese supermarkets these days, uh, so uh, so I think this is uh, this is the new China in in, in many ways that uh, that they have not necessarily been that that brutal uh, before. I think we we need to go back to when when the Vale Max Gate was uh, was uh, something mm. we talked about. Uh, they will have their way, I guess is uh, is the conclusion also this time around with uh, with Australia saving face in the end because they really did. Depend on the demand for for all their commodities uh, finding their way also in the future heading into China. I'm sure they will settle this uh, at some point, uh, but but don't expect this to to go away next week. 
No, no. As you say, I mean, in terms of the tipping points, if we're looking at, uh, you know, the overall sort of market dynamics, I guess all roads still do lead to China in most cases. <laughs> yeah, it's not only Belt and Road Initiative that uh, that is uh, that is drawn here. Uh, this is uh, this is really happening, and uh, and I think uh, going back to uh, to to the uh, interesting uh, development in in uh, in the trade spat between China and Australia, I think uh, I think what we saw also from uh, from China uh, towards the end of last year was was that. Uh, uh, deal with with Indonesia, uh, where they basically concluded that Indonesia are our friends and they can uh, they can deliver a lot of uh, a lot of coal that we need, and especially in, in in terms of steam coal, and 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 they already they they did not only uh, put the ink to the paper but uh, but they did also uh, send quite a, a lot of shiploads uh, in in the, in the direction of china in in november if we go by by the most available stats uh, on on chinese imports of coal by by origin but uh, but what we need to focus very much on here is of course also that that china do have uh, alternative to seaborne uh, we see russia we see we see mongolia also uh, increasing their share of imports uh, or exports to to china that is uh, uh, that is, of course, that could be toxic if uh, if um, if China uh, decides to go uh, full uh, full ahead uh, with uh, with uh, trucks uh, from uh, from uh, in particular Mongolia. So, mm. uh, but time will tell how uh, how dramatic this will uh, this will pay out. It's a it's a massive trade deal for drybar coal. Yes, yes. Well, it feels like the year where, you know, to some extent we're treading water. You know, as an industry, we, we, we're looking down the barrel of the big long-term tectonic shifts of digitalization and decarbonization. And I think certainly there is a real focus in terms of how the industry readies itself for certain longer-term trends. But at the same time, we're still dealing with the fallout from last year and the pandemic and and, and, and working out exactly what the new normal looks like. I mean, just to conclude, I mean, how would you characterize this year? Is this is this a question of uh, sort of rehabilitation and, and, and just sort of gathering our, our sort of self before the sort of the longer term shifts? Or do you see it being a bit more seismic? Are we going to see some big changes this year, do you think? Uh, I think the market will be helped this year by uh, by. Uh, the world, uh, excluding China, will will also coming back uh, from uh, from the abyss of 2020. We we, we definitely saw that, uh, that that the rest of the world uh, had uh, massive lost uh, imports, uh, and and that we see as a as a positive to the market in in, in 2020 in combination with what still seems to be a. a, a, a Chinese uh, import level, which will uh, brutally exceed and uh, in 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 a 50% share of the market uh, very soon. Uh, so uh, so so no. Uh, Will this be a transition year? I think this will be a comeback year in many ways, and I think dry bulk will still, to some extent, not feel the full force of uh, the decarbonization talks of the rest of the world. Obviously, uh, we 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 will soon see uh, what the uh, impact from the Biden administration will be, whether they will uh, uh, get back to the Paris Agreement, and I think if if they do that, obviously. Uh, at some point in time, we will also see uh, an impact on uh, on coal, which, if we put a longer perspective into uh, to, to this, also, uh, which will be a matter of uh, of, of India growing its uh, imports uh, over the pa- over the coming, say, five ten years, whereas the rest of the world, also including China, is is about to uh, to, to shy away gradually only uh, from, uh, from 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 using coal. Uh, but uh, but that seems to be. 
at least uh, the uh, uh, the certain loser of, of the decarbonization but uh, but I'm sure uh, other cargos uh, can step in and uh, I trust also that it will be still a gradual decarbonization that we will see across the globe which will uh, eventually uh, bring down uh, coal demand also at least for for power generation wonderful wonderful well peter thank you as ever it's always great to talk to you we will not leave it so long next time uh, i absolutely intend to get you back onto the podcast before the next global pandemic um i think leave, <laughs> leaving too much of a space between them is is just too risky for the world economy so a more regular appearance on the podcast is is what we need it's been a pleasure richard thanks for having me wonderful all right peter sand from bimco thank you very much for joining the lawyers list podcast thank you so much take care